Neighborhood venter. Pull up a seat and pass the time. <laughs> the Dukan. Hosted by OT, Toothless, and Ishad. Yes, thank you. Uh, how, much, how much do you weigh right now? Oh man. Come on. So that's man. how we're Why? Right <laughs> it's the authenticity like of the show. <laughs> Transparency. Transparency. That's how we're kicking off. People like it. Yeah. All right. So um, in two months, I have put on 10 kilos. Amazing. Two months, 10 kilos. Uh, I mean, mathematically speaking, I don't think that's right. Like the, the amount of food I'm eating and because of the medications retaining water and bloating me up. Um, But wait, before that, like what's like, how long has it been? What happened? Like, yeah, yeah, it's been a while, right? Okay. I so mean, officially, um, really, yeah, welcome yeah, back. Like, it's, <laughs> I, I think I've seen release. them once in like three months. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we Skype, we Skype, we Skype a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that doesn't count though. Yeah, no. Virtual reality. And even then, like I, like I was running out of breath mid-conversation the whole time. Yeah, it was yeah. a struggle. But uh, okay, yeah. So what happened was um, on the fourth of May, I had a kidney transplant for the second time. Um, so pretty much, I was born with two cases. Someone. Something called a kidney reflux, which caused a kidney dysplasia, which is pretty much a very rare case. It's just in life that card I was dealt, right? Okay. Um, and f- my entire childhood was just my parents kind of got lucky; they found out about it at a young age. So we just always monitored my vitals every now and then, up until 2010, where they decided that it was about time I had to have the surgery. Otherwise, I was going to go on a dialysis. Um, I got lucky; uh, my dad decided to be the donor. And um, we had the surgery in 2010. Um, since then, Dad is doing great. I mean, he's lost a lot of weight. He's just exercising and like wakes up early in the morning and you know healthier diets. And it kind of got him off of the typical Sudanese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he's yeah. conscious now. Yeah, now diet. he's very <laughs> conscious of it. You know, he checks what he eats and like you know he's, he's okay. maintaining this uh, good so regimen. Less kidney. So um, he's doing pretty well. Like he's having a lot of fun with it. Um, but unfortunately, after the surgery in 2010, I had a very aggressive rejection episode, and that rejection episode um, caused me to go back into hospital. I was in there for about 60 days, and it kind of damaged the kidney. Um, luckily, it didn't damage it enough for it to stop completely. It was still functioning. I got damaged. That's yeah. Okay, fine. So they knew. So we knew since then that there was going to. So be when? Yeah, there's going to be another one. Oh, there's right, going to be right, a second right, surgery. Right, right. We just. It was just a matter of when. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, luckily it survived six years. So coming to this year, turned out I need a second one. Um, and my brother just kind of jumped to it. He decided he wants to donate. Okay. Uh, yeah. I saw him. He was smiling when he came to the hospital. Yeah, he was like, "What are you? It's like he got a Pokemon." Thing. <laughs> 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 that's the thing like yeah you guys you, you just you, found a Pokemon in the hospital you and Amir visited just uh, the night before the surgery uh, and we're chilling in the canteen just grubbing and hanging out and uh, his friends were there and we're just chilling you know and um, because he was so laid back about it one of my cousins decided to play a prank on him just for, just for the sake of it ironically enough my cousin is also post-transplant okay. so he thought it would be incredibly funny to play a prank on my brother And we decided to tell him that, oh, did you shave your body hair yet? Oh, And he's like, okay. what? No, why? He's like, oh, damn. They're going to shave it for you in surgery. 
and he was fighting. <laughs> and this was about midnight. Well, why would he be fighting about something Sur- like that? Surgery is the next morning. It's just he felt awkward. Gloves, you know? okay, okay. He didn't want right, people cool. shaving him. <laughs> <go there>. okay, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so he got very weirded out by it to the extent that after the surgery, he woke up. He's hallucinating. He's like, did they shave my body? <laughs> and he was panicking about it. Um, now Mubarak has his new pickup. Well, at least that that's what I keep joking about it because um, he is act like he's happy with this car. So oh, he's, okay. he's never, my brother has, luckily for him, alhamdulillah, he's never been to a hospital. He's never been to any, I think the biggest procedure he's ever been to in life was getting braces. Okay. Um, and I think. <laughs> getting uh, an ear piercing. <laughs> <laughs> and I think um, yeah. a couple of stitches here and there from like playing soccer, you fall on your head, you know, there's yeah, gushing yeah. blood and you get a stitch. But that was about it. So now he's got a, a cool scar that yeah, he can yeah, show yeah. off. Yeah. Scars of war. So, you know, <laughs> so now his story is, uh, you know, it goes up to a girl. It's like, a knife fight. He's like, you know, it was at night. No, you know, I saved my brother's life. Scar <laughs> <laughs> I gave him my kidney. I <laughs> so my he, own kidney. <laughs> so, you know, he's playing that story now. I mean, he's, and he's doing great. Uh, he went, he got back to work like a month after the surgery. I think Amazing. first week. Oh, he was out for a month as well. Huh? Yeah. And okay. he wanted to go. And my brother is worse than I am as a workaholic. He wanted to get back to work 10 days after. Wow. surgery. I mean, he just got out the hospital, and he's already like, I, I can go back to work. But, uh, you know, we stayed for a month, and then he went back. In my case, I had to stay longer because I'm immunosuppressed. Immune, that, immunosuppressed. Yeah, because so that's of the, the bigger danger. medication, right? Exactly. So the surgery is not much of an issue. It's just like any other cut. You know, it just gets stitched up, patched up, you're good to go. Yeah. But it's the immunosuppression that's the issue. And weirdly enough, this one actually apparently was glued some new tech they didn't even need to stitch it my old one is stitches this was glued glued huh yeah jeez um, which wow. was pretty cool so <laughs> did you go through any like um, you know psychedelic trips during uh, oh dude all of them yeah I, mean, I was I was on it was controlled but I was on morphine um, and he, and the way it works at the hospital was different um, well actually the first time I did the surgery this time they controlled it a lot better okay <laughs> the first uh, time okay. back in 2002 dosage wise yeah first time I did the surgery (laughs) what What they did at that time was even was even better they had um so it was connected to something called the main line the main line is an IV that connects to your neck so it's your main blood line yeah and um as part of that IV they had morphine but then it works through a machine and I have a remote in my hand. Whenever I feel pain, I click the button. It shoots. Oh, right? So you're just feeling pain all the time. All the time. But <laughs> here's the trick, though. See, this is where they were slick. It only it needs to reboot, and it takes 45 minutes. Ah, oh, they trap. Okay, okay. So okay, it's okay, intense. Okay. So you know what? Only every 45 minutes, and even then, it's a controlled dose. Wow. Um, What's it like on morphine? It's uh, how do I put it? You're, uh, the trip is very lazy. It's very it's a downer. Slow. Yeah, exactly. It is a downer. A it calm down mix. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the thing is that um, then I'm constantly in and out of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd, I'd fall asleep. I'd become. It, it puts you to sleep as well. Okay. So um, you know, you don't really get to enjoy it as much as you. Yeah, it takes you all the way down. You, yeah. <laughs> you don't remember. You don't remember anything from the time of the surgery, like. The that, surgery that, itself, yeah. no. Um, I remember waking up afterwards and seeing people through glass. Um, Whoa, really? Yeah. So it's like the bubble boy concept. Like I was in a, I was in a room just. It affects your eye, eyes. No, no, no. So it's three walls, and then the fourth wall is all glass. 
okay, in the okay, ICU okay, 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 okay. Oh, when okay, I woke okay, up. Okay. So I didn't wake up till I was back in the ICU. Mm. And I remember just looking through the glass and I see people just kind of waving, you know, just coming to see that I'm okay. I'm okay. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> You're good. Wow. Um, which was better because uh, the last time it wasn't like that. Mm. Um, I was just put in a regular room in the ICU. The difference is people weren't allowed in at all. At least now they can kind of see yeah, that I'm waking up. Or, and even when people come in, doctors or nurses, like, they get sanitized. So, you know, they Cause actually got you know, yeah, gloves and all that. Because... What happens is during the surgery, they hit you with what they call like an industrial immunosuppressant. Um, this kind of... for causes? No, so it does... I'm joking. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. It doesn't kill your immune system. It lowers it to like a 20-10%, right? Okay. Um, and this lasts for six months. Whoa, That's okay. That's why it's industrial. So every day, my immune system improves as I go along. So yeah, you're gonna be like this for six months, no? So it's this, been already like yeah. Uh, I mean, so now months. now we're two months. So I have four left, right? I mean, I'm two months and a half. But what's it called? Like every day, it improves as it goes along, and it gets it's very controlled with the medication I'm taking. So after mm. that's why they always tell you like in any transplant, be it a kidney, be it a liver, be it a heart transplant, be it a lung transplant, it's always the first six months are the hardest or the most critical. Mm-hmm. Because adjusts, the organ adjusts exactly. to the body. And the that. organ's adjusting, and that's the time where you have higher chances of rejection, etc. Mm-hmm. And that's the time where you know, you just, you're extra careful um, with what you do. Mm-hmm. So um, with that, the medications I'm taking, some are immunosuppressants, some are just balancing vitamins. Um, cause you to gain 10 kg. What caused me to gain 10 kg is one of the uh, immunosuppressants, I told you, is uh, cortisone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a steroid and one of the side effects is it retains water and you said there's an interesting fact about I'm coming to that yeah. yes um, it retains water so but it bloats you basically yes so a lot of my weight is water weight but also it gives me one hell of an appetite so I'm eating wow five times as much as I used to before okay um, at least now and here's the funny bit as they cut down my cortisone my the levels of food I'm able to eat are decreasing so my appetite's coming mm. down back to normal. Excellent, man. So how do you feel now? How do you? I'm good. How's the um, whole general like uh, trip has been? For good. You? It's been my first week back in the office. Uh, so oh. that, that's going well. Um, I'm drinking a lot more water than I, I can. No, okay. <laughs> no water. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got four kidneys now. I guess multiplied. I can. It feels like I'm about to like you know smuggle. Across airports, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they stop me, yeah. like hey, what is this? <laughs> Just a storm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, what do I, I'm, right after the surgery, the first couple of weeks to a month, I was drinking like what's about five to six liters of water. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Through Skype, everybody's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he's got a big load. Okay. Yeah, that was the daily intake. Now I'm down to four. But the only but. The only way I calculate it is I get three large water bottles. It's 1.5 liters yeah. each, so that's 4.5 liters. So that's usually my, my that's benchmark good. per day. Excellent. Yeah, so that's how I calculate it. At least it makes my life easier. Okay, so, that's that's really cool, man. Um, and while you were away, obviously you, you were um, you know following up and seeing what's happening with uh, Thank what God we're for doing. the internet. Yes, <laughs> I know. No, I was executed. Well, I think it was a couple of times uh, we changed descriptions around. Um, I mean, luckily for me, I, they allowed, so I think three day, two or three days after the surgery, they allowed me to have my phone. Wait, when was the last episode that you were in? The one, man, 
We're talking about a fucking uh, no, no. The one we were sitting here before Ms. Tedford. Right before Ms. Tedford, in terms of recording, not releasing. Reflect on that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was the last one I was on. After that, uh, I went MIA. Um, so, I mean, since then, actually, I was pretty involved. You were obviously. I was very, very involved, involved, right? Yeah, you were. You were. Because here's and the thing. was on the cell phone just before the surgery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Jeez. right up to the surgery, I'm like sending notes and everything, and then. Um, so the first two days when I was in ICU, I wasn't allowed any tech in the room. Mm-hmm. No phones, no computers, nothing, because it messes with the monitors. So after I was out of ICU, I was out in the ward, um, they let me have my phones. So instantly, as soon as I got it, kind of just saw what's happening. And luckily, as, even though like I was, you know, I was heavily sedated and like I'm in and out of consciousness for a while, but... I felt like there were times where I was awake enough to actually contribute. I think I I designed one of the episode covers in that state. Most all of them. Just were yeah, the, <laughs> <laughs> the first week of May, after the surgery. I don't remember which episode was that, but I because I, I remember I was doing that and I'm texting Jibba at the same time and I'm like, wait, I think I got it. And the hard part, the biggest struggle. I remember that one because I had to call for the nurses. Um, the, the table that had my laptop was pretty far away. Oh. Right? <laughs> and because of the stitches. And he's like, oh, yeah. need yeah. to get the yeah. laptop. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then he drops it <laughs> on the fan and clings. It's like a naked Sudanese man on the floor. He's <laughs> <laughs> got like a plug in his neck. He's trying to thing. I was all plugged up and, you know, it was just too far to reach. I was like, yeah. right, you know, I called the nurse. I'm like, can you just bring that table closer? <laughs> and which is why I remember it. I just can't remember which episode it was, but I remember I sat there and like it took me like two minutes Photoshop. And I was checking with you for the title. Yeah. Like, Jibba, did you get the description? Is it uploaded yet? And you're like fixing oh, stuff yeah, on like, yeah. you know, getting the upload sorted. Yeah. And <laughs> while we're doing that, I'm like, all right, design, done. All right, send. <laughs> you know, I'm like, thank God, hospital had Wi-Fi. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah. you know, I was good. Was nice hospital. Yeah. <laughs> what, which hospital was it? It was the uh, Halifa Medical City. Abu Dhabi. Yeah, 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 excellent. Oh, uh, we must thank Jibba for Ramadan. He took that. Oh yeah, he took that lead. Oh, he spearheaded yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thanks, no, to, thanks like, to your brother as well. Yeah, man, Abiel is he's uh, just like he's a G. He came he's to a Muslim he was, G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was just uh, doing the episode from his kitchen. Here. The kids were outside. He closed the door. He was doing the episode from the kitchen. Nice. Yeah, it was cool, man. It's a lot of fun. It's sad. Like I never, I never got to meet him or at least be on an episode with him. We need to. Yeah, yeah he's 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 a. He's yeah, another, I realize I never met him. He's another champ. Man. True. That's and then what are you? And then oh, there's Amir's, which is cool. Yeah. Amir, dude, I told like you and Amir have a weird bond or language. Yeah, that yeah, I yeah. do not understand. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> jokes. <laughs> because, stuff, yeah. yeah, because Amir's jokes are very visual. Like you need to be there seeing him. Yeah. yeah. And also. There, it includes a lot of sound effects. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's and the is good with the sound. And he's effects. pretty good. You know, but then, effects, but the, it's just his, it's like like you know Chuck, <laughs> <laughs> you know what this Chuck <laughs> like, dude. So it was a lot of fun listening to that one. Like it was a funny here, uh, man. one, yeah, exactly. The guy's funny, and his brother sounds exactly like him. He's just like him. Like, even the way he's really like, yeah, bro. Yeah. What's he up, picked bro? up a lot from oh, him. Bro? I think he looks up a lot to yeah. him. Yeah. They look nothing alike, though. They don't. They don't. They don't. He looks different. Actually, he looks Ayman, more like Man, uh, Ayman, uh, Ayman looks pretty good now. He looks he's more like Yusuf. He's freaking tall, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's really tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's really tall. tall. He plays ball. And Does he play ball? He's a lawyer. Yeah. 
So I think he just outrun uh, He, he sidetracked all the bullshit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm good. Alright, nicely done. Go. So what have you guys been busy with? I mean... Well, I lost my job, so um, that's congratulations. Thank you. I'll take that as a you know yeah. as a positive it is. thing. It is. It's yeah, always yeah. F to the I to the D to the C. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So just um, hopefully putting more focus into my creative brain side of the brain, I guess. And uh, I feel like that's been sucking you out. Uh, well, I'm, ha- I'm happy you're, you're out of that. Alhamdulillah, man. I mean, you know, uh, just hopefully just try to get the survival. Um, thing going on first get you know sort that foundation out yeah, and then yep. um, and then yeah things will be okay man sure, um, yeah. having feeling very positive about this so you, you're on a good hiatus oh yes 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 yeah, sometimes dozy could be something exactly crazy, yeah man. yeah of course because you get stuck in a rut sometimes right you're just in a zone because everything's taken care and it's of comfortable, comfortable and it's comfortable I don't yeah, want to think exactly. about a change yeah. it's kind of like yeah it's like because you don't know how it comes yeah you true. don't know how it comes sometimes right true what about you? Uh, I was in Sri Lanka for a bit. I was just handling. Oh, you went out for Eid, right? Yeah, yeah. I was handling the show stuff, and then I, I went. I had to go to Sri Lanka because I hadn't been in ages, like maybe in a year and a half too. Hmm. And I wanted to spend Eid over there, so it was really cool, man. Did you surprise like, them, or they knew you were coming? No, they knew I was coming, and I went like Eid day. I went to the 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 local masjid over there. Crazy man! It's like mosques in Sri Lanka is different, man. Yeah. Like it's, it's I don't different. know. The, the vibe, man. Like the, the, even the place where you take wudus, it's not like a tap with the fountain. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's off the river. <laughs> yes, yes, like. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like water. And, and like 50 guys in the same thing. It's fucking rugged raw, man. Yeah, and, yeah. The, the, and the masjid was built by the people in the area. And like, there was just like... There's some good nostalgia. Mad people. Yeah, yeah. And was, I saw people that are related to me. This is Uncle Sabir from this thing. And he's old. And I'm like, wow, Uncle Sabir. Hi. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm talking to the guy. Oh, crazy. How's the family? Uh, good, man. They're, yeah. good. They're a bit bored. Retired, right? Retired. And they sh- my mama said, it's good that you came. So we have like a, another Something person. Something to do. Right? Exactly. <laughs> it's just my mom and my dad the whole way through. My dad's keeping himself busy just fixing up the house and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. He, he, might, he might get back into some kind of other work again. Because he just like, he needs to yeah. be active. My mom's cool. She's chilling. Um, uh, she's trying to rent out the house and stuff. So, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so I was just like uh, just chilling there for a while, um, hung out, man, and then came back. I came back because there's like a, there's supposed to be like a like a music production workshop, but that didn't pan through. So this whole last week, I just been focusing on music. Which which music production? Ableton. There's this guy I met through the Ableton music group, man. His name is Dimitri. Uh, he has like a school called Mono, mm-hmm. some kind of. Why didn't you tell me about this stuff? Bro, I you think I to told you. I think I told you, man. I think I told you. You think you told me? Okay, you? now you know. That doesn't even work. You should have come for the Ableton <laughs> Music Group, man. I was dead before we went. Don't start. Don't use stuff against me, please. Just. You're in the WhatsApp me. group, anyway. <laughs> no, I'm in another one, by the oh, way. Okay. The people who didn't make it for the first oh, one yeah? got filtered to oh, the second one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm with the cooler group, actually. I, I met him. He was like, bro, calm down and thing. I was like, uh, cool. It didn't work out, so it'll, it'll probably happen in. You know why it didn't work out? Cause you, I didn't tell you. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but um. So what's happening with music? Uh, nah, music. man. Just been every day. I've been like trying to produce loops. I've been getting better. Um, in terms of melodies and stuff, just working on it, man. Cause I need to progress in that front. Like the whole last month, I was focused. Like during Ramadan, I was focused on working on my copywriting stuff. I was doing a lot of coursework and stuff. Yeah. Cause Nabi, I'm working with Nabi right on that. Uh, did a lot of made a lot of progress there. I said, okay, now I'm gonna make a bit of progress music. Then I'm gonna go back to the co- and I'm trying to build two things forward yeah 
And uh, that's it, man. Just like trying to keep my head down. Sweet. And uh, progress and shit. You know what I mean? Nicely yeah. done. Dude, remember? I don't, know, I don't know if I told you, but I told. I think I told you, Joe. One of the surgeons was is tight friends with Nasrawi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him. Yeah. One of the surgeons. Yeah. One of oh, my surgeons. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Doctor uh, Ahmed Al Nimeri. He looks like such a skateboarder, man. This guy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Just walking with his like van sneakers, like. <laughs> okay, Omar, yeah. you're gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yo, who are you, man? <laughs> so he he's the guy that glued me up after the surgery oh. as well. Yeah. Yo, we should like uh, hook up with this dude. Yeah. Imagine the conversation. I, w- I, w- like. I actually I want I actually want to want to bring him. We should bring That'd him through cool, for an episode, right? like so we can get. You you know, like a the, doctor's the insights, yeah. perspective on He's like how these got things mad go. Stories, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it was cool. Like after I think gained consciousness and he came and visited. He's like, don't worry, man. You know, I won't be telling the guys that I saw you naked. <laughs> You'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. It's like it's, <laughs> like it's, it's pretty laid back, yeah, you know. It's cool, it, was, it was a cool doctor. Speaking yeah. of which, I saw Nasrawi a few days ago. Where? I saw him in uh, JLT. There was there was this um, I think this general kind of interviewing happening there for jobs, and he was kind of looking for a job as well. Wow. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, he he's cool. He has a few gigs coming up in Asia and, and no in the UK. No way, man. Because yeah. I told you he got hooked up with this record label. I okay. can't remember the name of it, but yeah, we need oh, him to nice, drop man. a mix here and there. Yeah, imagine. Man, he's on some next level Yeah, shit, yeah, man. I love his stuff, man. Man, you know, remember back in the day, right? One of our first gigs before anything was this thing called Petra Ketcher. Oh, yeah, Petra Ketcher. That's the one, remember, his sister was talking about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did the thing. This is the first time we stepped out as a group of people. After the thing, we're walking on our way out. This random dude comes in, man, you guys sure, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Zabu Nasrawi, man. I didn't know who this guy was. Later I found out this guy yeah, was Nasrawi. Yeah. And it's from ages, man. He's been like, with this, he's like a G, man. He deserves the best, though. Oh, he's wow. really he's a hard like worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this analog room thing, and he's just exactly. been at it. And he's gotten fucking crazy good, man. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, his production, he's, you remember? The yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's on some next level cool. experimental kind what? of music. Yeah. Crazy music. Uh, yeah, so look out for that. Definitely. So you've been recording? Uh, I've been writing now. Um, Seriously, you started right? Yeah, yeah, me and Kashmir. I, I want to get an album out, to be honest. It's been it's been in my mind. So I'm trying to get uh, tracks from Amir. Okay. Kashmir's been under the radar for a while. Yeah, he has. Okay, he's um, went on a long hiatus. Yeah, because kind of, he got two kids now. Uh, he's a full-time yeah. you know, worker and a father and all that. So, uh, But I've been trying to get him back in. We've been working together slowly. So I've been also kind of writing... Yeah, because you were stuck for a while, right? Yeah, Man, I get, I'm get. i a bit stuck as yeah, well. Yeah. I wrote the, on the weekend. Like, I don't yeah. know, it's like, it's not coming out. Like, it's stuck. Like, the last bit of toothpaste. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, but, but I, like yeah. I think it all came with the, with Ramadan. It all came with, came with summer. And, and the podcast took a lot of it's time for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that... But the writing is its own thing, man. It's, it's like, like its own, own thing, 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 man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So trying to slowly gradually work on my album and at the same time trying to get the um, Badoon pop in as well via yeah. um, the Khan and uh, my skills my DJ skills are on oh top. bro my oh, god this guy right man <laughs> this guy <laughs> kept going <laughs> but I kind of knew because the, the way he's doing it on the phone means you just translate the mentality onto yeah, an actual thing sure, you yeah, learn yeah. the way to move yeah. around the device yeah. he's doing good man like he's, he's on it like because constantly. here's the thing a lot of people have the technical skills but they don't have the ear for it the, yeah, or the has, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the thing. In his case, he has the ear for it, but he's mixing on a phone. He didn't. He doesn't. He didn't have the technical. Yeah. Now he got his equipment. Yeah, yeah. And like you're bringing in new music, like because he was stuck on him. I heard all his stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, of course, man. Yeah, I'm always he's, digging. He's, yeah. yeah, he's digging new things. Where do you dig, by the way? I, that's not. <laughs> I'm not gonna say. Yeah, okay, but no, all all platforms. I <laughs> 
I go through blogs. All I go through Sound, SoundCloud, um, YouTube. Have you have you guys have you guys heard um on Bandcamp they released um the uh sort of like the rehearsal track list. Of? A recording of D'Angelo's rehearsal from the uh, Vanguard. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, the the '98. Uh, uh, Voodoo tour. Uh, the, yeah, the the tour in in UK. Wow. What was it? The uh, the Poets Cafe in London, I think. Yeah. So they re- they recorded the rehearsal session the night before. Really. And they just released that album on Bandcamp. So it's just Ooh, raw. That's them crazy. rehearsing and like the and band having the a good like, time. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Too good. Wow. Too cool. good. I don't know, man. I gotta check that. Yo, it's amazing. The the audio, dude. The drumming. I mean, Quest on those drums was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Quest was with them, huh? Yeah. Yeah, he was with them through the whole trip. He was in. Nice. Okay, that's cool. Dude, yeah. that book, that book kept me going as well. Like my yeah, appointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You finished it, the book? Yeah, I'm done with it. What was uh, the book again? Sorry. Momento Blues. Momento Blues. The yeah. it's the bio. It's yeah. like. So it's his memoirs. The memoirs right? of Questlove. Questlove's memoirs, yeah. and the way it was written, I think, was the the coolest bit about it. Because usually memoirs is just it sounds like a first person uh, talking, right? As you're reading the book. Yeah. But this one is a conversation between him, uh, his manager, and the author of the book. It's written in that way. It's wow. written in that way, mm-hmm. exactly. Right. I mean, you get to their chapters where it's the produce. Uh, their manager is talking to the author, and then their chapters where it's him talking. And then sometimes within a chapter where it's Questlove talking about a certain topic or a certain memory, uh, Rich, their manager, would have a comment. Then that's added in the footnote of the page. Mm-hmm. So you feel like mm-hmm. you're you're, ha- like you're part of a conversation you're reading the notes because of you're actually exactly. all sides of the story. Yeah, yeah exactly. And especially like there are times where Questlove would just get emotional about something and then Rich would give you a completely different point of view as mm-hmm. a manager like you know yeah. this is how I saw things happening True. but the uh, the best part in the book for me is just I actually created a Spotify playlist okay because as he's taking you through this journey you're of going his through life, music and he's telling you songs exactly and because yeah, you said he only remembers he remembers exactly he remember his memories are music dependent everything wow. There's a track to every memory. There's a record. There's an album. There's always something, at some point in life. So, and the story's amazing. I mean, they, he, him, and um, Black Thought Malik when they met up, they were in the same high school as, um, Boys to Men, which was yeah. a talent school yeah. for musicians. Okay. Right. Um, and they had their own beef with Boys to Men, and they oh. competed in they talent shows. They were competing. Shows with talent shows. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Uh, Boys to Men would win because the yeah. chicks loved them, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's and this is this was this was uh, black. So here's the thing: Questlove was always a nerdy kid. His parents are musicians. Um, so as a kid, he was privileged compared to the other black kids because he traveled on tour with his parents. Okay. Right, and he played drums since he was five or six. Um, and then in school, he met uh, Black Thought Malik, and he was a thug kid. He was a street kid, mm-hmm. right? Um, Tariq, not Malik. Ta- Tariq, sorry. Malik was the bass player. Right, yeah. yeah. No, he was the other rapper. No, Malik B came later. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And um, what happened? So he was he was a street kid, but he was taken. He was actually an amazing artist. Like he could draw. Okay. Right, and that's why he was in the school as well. But what was even more impressive was that his freestyles were lunch break entertainment. You know, the kids during at at during lunch hour recess, he's just maybe drumming on the tables. And he start rapping and dissing people and freestyling yeah, off the yeah, top yeah, of his head, yeah, yeah. and that's how they kind of connected. How the boys to men came to the picture was because one of the guys in boys to men kind of stole uh, stole Black Thought's girl. 
So then, talent. It's the end <laughs> of the road for you. <laughs> and you know, so that's kind of where the beef came in. And you know, they're like, "Oh, you gotta kill him in the talent show," kind of oh, thing. Okay. I mean, eventually, Boys to Men, Boys to Men won the talent show, but still, like that's kind of you know, you get these that's little nuggets of stories, yeah, which are yeah. really cool. And you know, like Emel Larue was with them in school, and oh no, yeah, way. and then and you just, you find out things like the soul, uh, the neo soul artists, like. Um, People like Music Soul Child, Jill Scott, and yeah, all that entire movement in Bilal. That those people got discovered in uh, Questlove's house parties. They're just jam sessions at home, and like Jill Scott was a waitress, she'd come down and just chill and grab the mic and jam with them. So they were just That's jam why sessions. Is always like That's the, why it's extremely the, involved. The mediator, but like between yeah. everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was his involvement. But I think the best story ever was the one with D'Angelo. Um, so initially they wanted him to work on damn motherfucker D'Angelo's track mm. right and he said no he rejected it because he's like D'Angelo came off as a corny typical R&B singer he refused to work with him okay right mm. um, and then he doesn't uh, not until the second source award which is a very big time in his life and I'll tell you why in a second um, he ran away from the source awards as with his girlfriend as it was running out somebody hands him a tape which was D'Angelo's uh, brown shirt. For some reason, he says he didn't throw it. He goes home and listens to it and realizes how good D'Angelo mm. is. Not just as an R&B singer, but his music is experimental. It's nothing like he's ever heard before. Right. Every R&B singer is doing one thing, but D'Angelo came out in this weird sound. But he had, you know, he was too proud to just go and tell him, "Hey, let's work and do music mm. together." He decided to make sure that D'Angelo realizes his skill. Fast forward 11 months later, they were at a show and D'Angelo was in the audience. He was up in front. Mm. So they rehearsed for the show like any other gig, right? Unlike having unlike having a DJ in the back, when you're the drummer, there's a certain loop that you're going to have to play, mm. right? There's a discipline that you got to maintain. He decides to mess with that. It throws the whole band off. Mm -hmm. But for him, he knew by doing that, he was going to impress D'Angelo with his skills. And D'Angelo's going to realize how twisted or how crazy, you know, Quest is just like he is. So, you know, it was like this kind of telepathic bond that he was trying to Whoa, connect with. Okay. And D'Angelo is like, he's like, he gets up and starts dancing and goes all wild. And, you know, he loved the show. And the whole band is looking at him like, what the what are, you are you doing? doing? Yeah, you're off <laughs> doing the <laughs> yeah, you know? And then, you know, after the show, he comes backstage he's like, oh, man, you know, we should hang out. You know, I love the way you're drumming. And that's kind of where it kicked off. And then he became the drummer and he was big part of putting Voodoo together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Voodoo was a classic. Album. Yeah. Crazy Which I thought albums. was the coolest story, like to just see how yeah. that unfolded and all these relations. When, um, I forgot which music video they dropped where they made fun of Biggie, where they had the whole mansion party. Um, it wasn't making fun of It Biggie. wasn't just Biggie. It was just making fun it of hip-hop uh, at the time. Uh, never do what they do. Yes. What they do. Is exactly, what they do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, lyrically, it was very conscious. But then in the video, you know, you had the yeah, girls, the like champagne. A, it was and like a mock. Exactly. Mock so they're mocking hip-hop music at the time. Biggie decides to come out and he's not happy about it. And he's like, you know, I had love for the Roots and Quest. You know, how can they diss me like that? And he's all angry about it. Um, so I think it was the Source magazine or one of the hip-hop magazines. They called him up. At that time, the Roots was in tour in France. Mm -hmm. They get the call. Yo, what do, you, um, do you have any comments to what Biggie had to say? And they're like, oh, what did Biggie say? And they're like, oh, Biggie said this, this, this. And, you know, like, you guys are disrespecting him. 
so they got worried. They're like, okay, that's not what we said. You know what? We'll send you a statement. Cool. So Questlove and Rich, the manager, they sat and kind of fixed up. They wrote a proper, you know, a proper statement, very well articulated. And they came to send it three days later. Pick up the phone, call the editor, like, yo, what's your fax number so we can send you the our thoughts, uh, our response. And he's like, what response? Like, the response to the Biggie comment. They're like, oh, haven't you guys heard? Biggie died yesterday. <gasps> oh, oh, no way. So, like, just just the day before, and they had no idea. Damn. So, so it's, like, it's just like he takes you through these key moments yeah, in hip-hop history and how that plays a part. And I thought that was fascinating. Um, it's, it's an amazing book, like, generally. And not just for hip-hop fans. I mean, I mean hip-hop fans, it is. You get to learn that whole story but what I loved is that it wasn't just about him right it was about the entire hip hop scene, scene as a yeah, whole yeah I, I, I thought time. it was just about him but it's no he takes more. you he, I think he has another time. book that's I don't know, I don't know. Um, I think it was just this one and and so what I was saying was the source award why he ran away mm-hmm. so this was the second source award according to him he says this is the death of hip hop or the downfall of hip hop right he's like because that was a time where you had the east and west Heating up. It was the same awards where Suge Knight called out the, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. on stage uh, when Dre won Best Producer, I think, that year, and people booed him. Yeah. Snoop comes on, he's like, well, y'all got no love for Dre, and, you know, things were heating mm-hmm. up, and Nas, Nas's Illmatic was going head-to-head with uh, um, Ready to Die, Biggie's album, and it was just, you know, everything was happened at that intense, year's Source Awards. Yeah. It was very intense atmosphere. And, you know, I think Nas lost to Biggie that year. So everything, it's like it felt very competitive. And any something was about to pop off any second. Because everything's heated up. People are angry. Very competitive. He's like, that's when he knew hip-hop lost its sense of community. It's all about the competition and about the money now. Really? Is that what he says, huh? Yeah. And he's like, just as he felt things were about to go wrong is when he kind of grabs his girl and they just ran out. Mm. I think fights broke out later in the source. Sure. Oh, wow. So he kind of just had this feeling that that was it. So to him, that kind of changed everything. Um, so hip hop is not the way it used to be. It's not how it perceived it, or all that kind of stuff. It's the thing. opening line. Lost yeah. generation, fast paced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if they're used to all the whole damning idea of like people just being, you know, yeah. all of a sudden it becomes this industrial yeah. kind of company. Because yeah, but hip hop never really took to them in the beginning, right? They, I they believe they, they got they got famous in Europe first because the Europeans are like, wow, that's, that's interesting. Not even they did. I mean, it wasn't until their fifth album that no, people no. or fourth album until they were north. Yeah, they. I mean. No, okay, they, no, they n- sold, noticed on a level of Grammy Award nomination, but, like, they have a, they have Organics, which is like a demo kind of which tape, was their, then they have, and they their, were square roots at that time, yeah, then they have Do You Want More, and then it's kind of like Illidolf Half-Life is where it kind of started, okay, people started taking notice, because they would, uh, my Before understanding, Do You Want More, then Illidolf Half-Life, which is four, yeah, 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 no, it's three, that's the third, if you're, are you counting Organics? Yeah, Organics, Do You Want More, Illidolf Half-Life, is three. After Illidolf Half-Life is the uh, the one I think that they, they got the Grammy. They, they became, quote-unquote, sort of mainstream fame was when they From the Erika seat, Badu song. No, no. C2.0. No, man, it's the you, uh, got, you Got Me. You got Chestnut. Me? Yeah, You Got Me. Before that. The Cody Chestnut yeah. one comes after, bro. Check it, check it. Cody Chestnut comes after. Yeah, check it. What what they got like nominated for, and I think they won a Grammy, was the, the You Got Me with Erika With Erika. Yeah. But that came later, after Cody, no? No, it came before. Whoa, okay, well, um, I think it's time for some music. Alright. Yeah? Hit it.
with the guys at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud at Dukan Show. Subscribe to the show on your iTunes and Stitcher to stay up to date. 
And if you like what you hear, give it a rating. Dukam is hosted by OT, Irshad, and Toothless. You can also reach them on their personal social media profiles at OT Official and at Irshad underscore INI. And you can also reach Toothless at soundcloud.com slash Firas dash Ibrahim. Salam.
Where you at, man? Warrior. What warrior, you man? Warrior, but like, <laughs> Thank you. 
baby